Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Sarah Yacoub with the Monaco Brewing Company Super Pack is on the Mississippi River. And up on Lake Monaco is Kirk Bangstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome. You're up north. Won't you let me die? Hello and welcome to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstead. I'm Sarah Yacoub. I'm Pat Kreitlow and uh, on the show this week... We're going to be talking about snow seal paths. It's my new favorite word uh, coined by Jimmy Kimmel to describe Marjorie Taylor Greene as the cross between a snowflake and a sociopath. So snow seal path, we're, we're going to get into that. There are just too many folks around us who are a cross between, you know, the, the roid rage, tough guy BS, and yet they're so, so sensitive. They're being hurt by the terrible things like, equality and diversity and opportunity. It's, it's bullying them. And it's taken way too long for more of us to publicly call it out and tell people like this to just get over yourselves. Well said. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to look back a bit on last week's election results across Wisconsin. I think we should include the results last week from Tony Evers' veto pen. The running score is currently 98. Yes, you heard right, 98 to nothing. That's 98 vetoes, no overrides, 98 terrible bills that did not become law. Why? Because Tony Evers beat Scott Walker in 2018. Okay, so this is what 98 vetoes means. And I don't think it gets said enough. So if Tony Evers loses in November and he's replaced with a like Rebecca Cleefish or some other Republican, those 98 terrible ideas will become law, along with so many more things that will be damaging to Wisconsin, damaging to the economy and damaging to democracy. Um, there's on, on, on the other side of the spectrum, they're saying that Governor Evers is, a, is an obstructionist. He's not working with the Republican Party. Pat, you wrote about this in Up North News. Like, what are these bills actually doing that he's re that he's vetoing? That they're harm they're harmful bills. It's not like he's being obstructionist. He's yeah, helping the, us. It, it, it's not so much an obstructionist. He's a hockey goalie. It's one of our favorite illustrations. If you go to upnorthnewswi.com, uh, you see Tony Evers in the net with a hockey mask on and a, and a big old stick representing the veto pen. And in just one article, we list 10 ways that life would be different in Wisconsin without Governor Evers' vetoes. Um, let me go through these you know, real quick. You're more likely to find out you've been dropped from the voter rolls. Your parent in a nursing home can't vote because staff would be afraid to help. The legislature could overrule an independent election commission. The armed person near you in public has a permit, but probably no gun training. Uh, federal relief would go unspent. Police could burst into your home unannounced, guns firing. Uh, your infected coworker could claim natural immunity is the same thing as vaccination. And on and on it goes. And those are just the ones that Evers vetoed. I mean, there's others that didn't even get that far that would let the legislature override the will of the voters and put gag rules on teachers who try to explain history or gender or sex. And, you know, if you think these things can't happen, Think back to 2010. 
Scott Walker never campaigned on the issue of taking away the bargaining rights of public sector workers, but he did it weeks after taking office. He did it again in 2014 with union busting rules. So, uh, Kirk, it, it is fair to say that this this campaign for governor is is the most important one yet. He's the only guy that can stop our state from becoming I hate to say it, I hate to blast Mississippi, but like Mississippi, you know, like our state used to be a place that was sound in mind and even keeled, even though we had a Republican governor and Tommy Thompson. If, if, if Evers loses, that all goes away. So when we come back, we return to the local level of elections, visiting with one winning candidate and one losing candidate for seats on the Oneida County Board and about the shameful behavior exhibited by snowsiopaths in their hometowns. We'll be back in a bit. You're up north. The winner takes it all The loser standing small Beside the victory That's her destiny I was in your arms Welcome back the Up North podcast and another great song selection from Kirk Bankstad. It's fair to say plenty of folks don't really appreciate the value of county boards in our state because, you know, we're busy living our lives. And there's obviously a lot more publicity for national politics, state politics and local posts like city council and the school board. But sandwiched in between are the county boards in our 72 counties. Uh, perhaps most visible are the county highway departments that keep our communities connected, the sheriff's office that protects the space between cities. But there are all kinds of services done at the county level that run from public health programs for the elderly and disabled to parks and forests, land records, zoning, birth and death certificates, family services, and organizing our elections. So in other words, our county governments need competent people, not Sarah Palin wannabes, not Trump lovers who only see elected office as a means to power rather than as a service to the public. All right. So this is, uh, you know, when this is so we're, we've got two guests today, Tony Rio and K Kathleen Cooper. Tony won his county board seat in uh, in Oneida County and Kathleen lost um, and the reason I'm having I, I brought them on the show tonight is because um, for a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, it's a revolution kind of just happened in uh, in Oneida County. Um, it, we had more people running for a county board seat than you know ever happens. Usually, these guys who run, uh, you know, who are county board representatives, they, they're they're in it for like twenty to thirty years. Like they just never leave, and so we've had a. a probably five new women uh, on the county board. There were zero women uh, before. And and a lot of folks beat incumbents. Uh, so this is unprecedented stuff that happened in Oneida County. Um, but what I wanted to do, Kathleen uh, lost and Tony won. And I wanted to kind of talk about winning and losing. But uh, we'll talk to Kathleen second. But Tony, tell, tell me, I know, I mean, I know you and I, I, you know, we've gone back and forth primarily on Facebook for like a couple of years uh, because you're concerned about Oneida County, just like I am. Um, you got you want to get into this race because you were worried about Oneida County. Tell us why you got into the race and why you think you won, even though, you know, most of us know you're you're a progressive guy. 
Yeah. um, You know, I I originally got into the race for two reasons. Um, My dad is the county is the county board is the town chairman out in Cajun up here, which is about halfway between Tomahawk and Manaqua, um, just a little town. Um, And one of his complaints is always that the county is always superior to to the to the town boards they always seem to have an attitude of well you know it's it's these little towns and you know we're in charge um and and i was brought up in a in a household where you know i was always taught to believe that you know government works best at at its lowest level closest to the people that sort of thing so i wanted to get on the county board to kind of give voice to a lot of the small towns up here um a little bit more of a voice within county government and and actually listen to people and attend meetings and and that sort of thing which was the the gentleman that i was working after um uh, that I was uh, running against, he never really attended the, the the town board meetings and that he wasn't real engaged, real involved. He was um, like a lot of the guys um, on the county board that are there for their own kind of specific reasons. A lot of that having to do with budgeting and logging and that sort of thing. Um, the other issue for me was a little while ago, we had a park just down the road here for me, um, Townline Park, that over the years, the county board had decided that even though it was had been maintained, had been a gift from the Kiwanis to the county, that they would take and um, basically stop maintenance on that park. And the whole idea was that they were going to stop the maintenance on the park, let it go to seed so that then they could use that property to sell and use that money to buy another piece of property, which had uh, basically more value to the county because up here in Oneida County, stumpage is a big thing, is is selling off um, lumber and, and, and woodstock from county lands. So this little park didn't have much value as they saw it. Um, and they kind of tried to pull a fast one. Um, I had heard about it a couple of years ago at a town board meeting, blah, 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 blah. And basically it all came to a head over the summer. Um, luckily that park was able to be saved. There was a, a community group that got together and went, you know, this, this isn't right. Um, but it was that kind of stuff where there's stuff happening outside of the public view and whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a, a Libertarian, an Independent, as I consider myself, you know, stuff happening outside of the public view, in my opinion, is our biggest threat to um, domestic tranquility and, and life in the Northwoods. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for telling your story. Sure. Uh, Sarah. Yes. So Kathleen, let's let's shift over to you. We heard you lost by 10 votes and your local papers in Oneida County, the Lakeland Times and Minocqua and River News and Rhinelander repeatedly attacked you for a $15 contribution made on the Facebook page for a friend's birthday fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. Oh, the shock and horror, among other things. Can you uh, tell us more? Well, not only did I uh, make that contribution to Planned Parenthood, but I also had my own birthday fundraiser to raise money for um, immigrants uh, coming over. It was right around that time where Trump was doing the family separation. And uh, so I I had my own fundraiser, which they used against me. And the third and worst thing was supporting Kurt Bankstead when he ran for assembly. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, he did. He didn't tell us that part. I yeah. had I known. <laughs> I, I, I gave you. I, the, said, I gave you her email. I gave you her email. Come on, Pat. I mean, supporting Sorry. you. That's like the sun rising in the east. Of course, the Lakeland Times is going to come after you for that one. But, <laughs> but that cardinal sin notwithstanding, Kathleen, um, can you can you tell me? What a $15 donation to Planned Parenthood and, and speaking in favor of, uh, you know, refugee settlement. Can can you tell me what that has to do with serving on a county board? I honestly don't know, you know. That's the um, right answer. Correct. <laughs> I, I, did, I did write a letter to the editor and I was going to, you know, answer all of the uh, bullet points, you know, one by one. But then I just decided to go the nonpartisan route and um, just say, you know, this is a nonpartisan race and these are not local issues, you know. And uh, and actually, when I was collecting signatures, my neighbors would ask me, you know, what party I was running on. And I'm like, this is nonpartisan. It's kind of nice because, you know, there's none of this party fighting. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah, I really like that, too. You know, like they, they didn't care. In fact, uh, one of my neighbors, I was walking the dog just yesterday and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry that you lost the election. And I said, yeah, I think that that Planned Parenthood thing did me in. And he's like, what? And, you know, so I explained, you know, what the paper had been saying. And his mother was a nurse and he, you know, and we agreed, you know, Planned Parenthood uh, actually avoids more pregnancies. So, you know, you don't get abortions in the right, first place right. and all that stuff. So. And then at the end of the conversation, he, he he said, well, you got run again in two years. I'll vote for you then, too. And I noticed he was wearing a uh, let's go Brandon hat. So, oh, <laughs> so, you know, like my neighbors can keep it nonpartisan. You know, the paper obviously can't. Right. You know, this reminds me of when I first moved to Wisconsin, I had um, something on my Facebook page uh, regarding Planned Parenthood and the good work they do, uh, particularly when it comes to STIs and keeping those rates down. And the pushback I got from family members, my in-laws of like, oh, my goodness, you did not like something from Planned Parenthood. And I'm like, where am I? What is going on? Which brings us to the CDC just released a piece that syphilis rates among newborns is up 235% in just the last four years. So, you know, we're not talking about this stuff. We're shunning clinics that provide this kind of uh, service for the community. And, you know, what are we doing to our newborns? But the idea that that is somehow scandalous for you to support the good work they do, I just boggles my mind. Yeah. So, well, yeah. What, what happened in my district, which is uh, Pelican Township in Oneida County, uh, we had, it must have energized the electorate because we had the highest voter turnout of any of the districts. And, um, you know, like, and, and it really showed me, like, I really thought that, that our district was more, was really red. But it turned out our district was pretty purple. So that that was a mm -hmm. good thing. Good. So the ultimately, I mean, like Pat said, you you donating to anybody on Facebook should not have been brought into the public sphere, uh, especially because like like we'd said in our introduction, I mean, you guys got to fix the streets. You know, you guys got to you know, do zoning laws. Uh, the county board is like brass tacks. There's not, 
there's not you don't have to be a democrat or republican to it actually it probably helps if you're not i mean take it from somebody who's covered it feels like a thousand county board meetings all all across wisconsin it's it's better if you're just thinking so, local local service so, so the yeah. republican party took a huge ad out and i I'm, i played in this too i played in it and some democrats actually were mad that i even like waded into this for, with a super pack but the the Republican Party of United County took a full page ad out in the Lakeland Times that said, if you know, if you're scared about inflation, if, if Biden's ruining the uh, ruining our country, these are the people you need to vote for for county board. I mean, it 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 just wow. broke through. It broke through all the rules of partisanship in county board stuff. I saw that and I was like, Sarah, we're gonna we gotta we gotta at least talk about we got to at least endorse people that we think are good government people we didn't even know who were democrats necessarily but we were like whoever's not on that sheet let's endorse <laughs> tony you tony you won your race talk about i'm sure you heard as well people asking about your partisanship and and about things that are so far beyond what a county board member does so I can run off at the mouth at times. Um, and, and welcome that sort to of the thing. show. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, about, about things that I'm passionate about, but as I talk to people in my district and district 12 here, a lot of what I heard was, you know, well, our, our, you know, we saw the article in the newspaper, are you one of these crazy liberals, you know, that sort of thing. And I always tell people, uh, you know, I'm for good government, whether it's Republican, whether it's Democrat, whether, you know, whoever it is, I've, I've voted, I voted for Bush, I voted for Clinton, I vote, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it, it really came down to when I talked to people was talking to people about, you know, we all want the same things at a local level. We all want good roads. We all want, you know, to be safe. We all want to have our fire departments and our police departments properly funded. We all want to protect the environment. Um, we all want some sort of property rights to balance that out. So it was really about coming to a point of, as Kathleen said, about being purple, uh, you know, is, is just listening to people and, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I have my ideas and such, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe, maybe somebody makes a, a compelling argument about something and you sit there and you go, well, yeah, that's, that, that might be the case. And that's what county leadership should be about. And I hesitate to even use leadership because to me, it's all about the taxpayer. If you're a taxpayer, you have a right to have your voice heard. And, and it's all about representation, not just about what I think is right, but what about people in my community think is right. Mm -hmm. And you with that, Tony establishes himself as a unicorn. You well, are a rare specimen and very refreshing. <laughs> well, and, 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 and it shouldn't, I it shouldn't so. be, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I and, know. and that was, that was just the way that I was raised. My dad owned his own business down when we lived. Um, you know, you talk about, um, donating to Planned Parenthood and that being horrible. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an ex Chicago guy, so I'm really a bad guy. Um, but you know, we owned a, a company down there and, and dad was, it was kind of that he brought me up with the idea of, you know, you need to listen to people at the end of the day, you may make the decision, but at least make it from an informed point of view right. and at least give people an I, uh, whether it's in business or in public life, uh, people some input on it. 
Kathleen, let's, I'd like to try to bring things full circle from where we first started covering these local spring nonpartisan elections. Uh, when we had Hans Brighton Moser on, who unfortunately lost his county board seat, uh, again, through the ugliness of all these campaigns. But he talked about the importance of getting people you know, to run for office, the importance of it. Uh, we need that kind of service. Um, service is more important than partisanship or ideology. So Kathleen, you put yourself out there. You got treated rather unfairly. You came up short. I'm not asking you to declare your candidacy. I'm asking, do you have any, you know, any, would you do, would you do it again? Hypothetically, any regrets? What would you tell people who would consider running for local office? Well, I, um, I've never done this before. I'm a retired RN, actually. And, um, and so this was a, a brand new experience. And I, um, you know, made, you know, met a lot of people had a lot of new experiences, like interviewing on your program. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, I, I would do it again. I, I definitely would do it again. Oh, I'm, I'm I hope you do. That. I, I hope I know, you do yeah. do it again. I, I know we all are because again, it's, it's, that's, that's what we're looking for. And, and I still, of course, I, I would not have minded a bit if you would have said, no, I would never do this again. This is, this is horrible. Why oh, would it, but, but you didn't. Yeah. Uh, just briefly, my opponent is, was another woman actually. And uh, I congratulated her after she won. And she turned out to be really nice. And uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we think a lot of alike on, on county issues, actually, even though she's like ultra right, you know. Yep. So. Well, again, at that local level, uh, it, it has to be more about service. So Kathleen Cooper, Tony Rio, thank you so much, both of you. And uh, best wishes to both of you. Hope we can visit again soon. Thank you. When we come back, more about the mentality of people who get so down in the mud over things as simple as a local election because they've been fed a steady diet of hate. More after this. You're up north. Welcome back to the cabin. This is the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow along with Kirk Bangstead and Sarah Yacoub. We're going to spend some time talking about, maybe even talking to, the folks who, well, love to hate. The fact is, while a lot of you listen because you want to learn things or you like what you hear, there are probably a few folks who do what we call hate listen. They tune in to talk they don't like just because they know how to operate on anger. And it's not just Republicans and conservatives. It's, it's some of Kirk's friends and fellow progressives that hate listening to this program. You know, they, they just, they just want to see if he's going to pour gas on himself again and light a match. Um, but Kirk, you know, we, we tease, we tease you. And, and frankly, any of us, we've all been on, on the ballot. We've all gotten, I, I still get hate mail on a regular basis for up North news. Um, and I got to tell you, you, you know, you're, you're going to lead us into a voicemail message. And I, I recall after, uh, after my, uh, losing my seat in the legislature in 2010, and you're just spent, you have put everything into the campaign. You've tried to be nice to everybody. You come home and there's a stranger on your answer machine going, I'm glad you lost. I'm like, really? <laughs> 
you took the time to do that to look up my phone number and leave a mail, you know, a message going. I'm glad you lost, and and that was that was a nice version, Kirk, compared to what you got. Yeah. So uh, while I'm talking about this, Evan, Evan, our producer, uh, make sure that you're you're paying attention because I want you to play this clip pretty soon. All right. So. Uh, last night at about 9.30, and this changed the whole podcast. Uh, we, we were going to have uh, a different segment for this segment. But we got uh, I got this uh, voicemail uh, at the Monaco Brewing Company kind of general number. You know, it's not the Super PAC. It's our brewing company. And um, and it was so appalling that I, 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 I figured, you know, and it went along with Oneida County. It went along with some of the crazy politics happening in the Northwoods that I just wanted to play it. So Evan, uh, I want you to play this video and, and everybody that's listening, like this is this is horrible stuff. If you have kids, uh, you know, maybe plug their ears. We're not gonna have bad swears on this. We bleep them out, but there were bad swears on this, on this uh, voicemail. Uh, this is the voice of the modern Republican party in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Evan, play the clip. Liberal bricks that can't take backlash on facebook yeah you're a bunch of liberal hope you enjoy your stay but you know we always welcome you to stand in front of us when we're protecting your liberal rights because my bullets go through you as well as anyone else all right so we're just gonna dissect that a little bit uh this gentleman from the Northwoods uh called our voice our, our 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 answering machine left this message and basically you know you know he said that he potentially you know he wanted to shoot us wanted to shoot me uh you know i get that all the time actually uh as as the owner of the brewing company we're quite outspoken and progressive but um but this one rubbed the wrong way because uh, no one should be able uh, to leave that voicemail message. And and so I, I gave it to my lawyers and they called the FBI because uh, he had a 902 number. That's Iron Mountain. And so it's interstate. It's not the police in Wisconsin. It's an interstate issue with Michigan, potentially. And so the FBI is actually looking for this guy. Now, he we've got his phone number. So if you're actually listening with a hate listen, uh, you might want to turn yourself in because what you just did was breaking the law. You just threat. You just threaten a life over an answering machine. Now, do I think it's actually real? Do I think it's actually a threat? Obviously not. But the reason that this segment is playing right now, we're doing it on this this show, is because this is the type of thing you get when you're fed a steady diet of hate on by Rush Limbaugh, by Donald Trump, by Sean Hannity by Tucker Carlson, by all the, the low-life AM conservative radio, sta radio stations in this state. There's 82 of them. This is what you get if that's all you listen to. And this is what you get if you underfund public education, which we'll get to in another show. But, but this is hate. Uh, this is hatred. And this is not... Uh, this never regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat, this never should be played. Uh, this never should be, uh, this is not good public discourse. This is not acceptable public discourse. And so I urge every Republican that might be listening to this, this broadcast tonight, probably not a lot of them. I urge every Republican to, 
to take a look around you if you attend meetings, to to listen to some of the rhetoric that's being said, because because this is going to lead us into violence, into in, into brutal violence if this is allowed to continue. So that's so now I want to segue into. Uh, that's the voice of the modern Republican Party in northern Wisconsin, and this is the Up North podcast. I want to talk about the writing of the modern Republic, Re Republican Party in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Just last week, the Lakeland Times, which is owned by Greg Walker and their main reporter, is he calls himself an investigative reporter, and his name is Richard Moore. This investigative reporter is like calling yourself the chef, the executive chef at a Dairy Queen when you're in a town of 8,000 8, people. But they wrote an op-ed that uh, basically said it was the, the modern mindset of a progressive was the name of the op-ed. You shouldn't Google it. You shouldn't read it. Let me give you... Uh, but they said some horrible things. They called the progressives in Oneida County reptiles. They also said there was a, they also compared a guy who went to a public hearing. His name is Tom Giroux. I know the guy personally. He's, he's a retired DNR, DNR uh, uh, scientist. He's uh, an environmentalist. He came and talked about the guy wears, the guy collects, uh, he collects, uh, At, at the Walmart, you know, he's 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 ringing the bell with a rab with a pink rabbit suit, you know, collecting for charity uh, during Christmas. He, it, they called him uh, a radical. They they uh, basically said that he it was encouraging Soviet Union style reeducation camps when he merely suggested that we try to educate people on not fertilizing their grass so that it doesn't like make make doesn't pollute the lakes and streams so they had a, the, the worst article ever and and this is the modern this is the writings of the modern modern republican party in the north woods of wisconsin and pat you've been a newsman for for decades i want you to comment I, i've sent you this article i know you don't read the lakeland times on a regular basis but i i sent you this article and i wanted you to kind of comment. i've read it often enough and i and i remember sitting down with them when i was running for congress in 2012 and being familiar with their 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 style if you will of of writing and reporting and i've said previously and i'll say it again one thing that that could give me job security every week i could sit down and pick apart the lakeland times and tell them where they're wrong tell them where they're full of baloney you know, where they're lying. But frankly, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I have better things to do with my time. I could not help but note that this editorial, I mean, seriously, people make up a bingo card of cliches. It filled the bingo card of cliches. There was gulag, regulatory prison, totalitarian, bureaucrat, privileged, elite, re-education, Soviet Union, and dystopic. It was all in there, along with the personal insults, you know, calling President Biden dazed and confused. Uh, there was the projection about, you know, subverting democracy when that's actually what's happening, you know, from the right wing. Um, the, the, the name calling, of course, we've, we've already gotten into. And to, to, to do that to somebody who is merely trying to look out for the land and provide some, some advice. But what we got in the editorial was, you know, he's not from here. You know, he's from Rhinelander. You know, that, that's good old boy code that, you know, that townie mentality that has ruined plenty of other communities. Don't let it ruin yours, wherever you're listening. You should be welcoming of new residents, welcoming of new ideas. And, and frankly, what he was talking about 
making the shoreland zoning ordinance, you know, more user friendly. Uh, the, the, the newspaper went on to say that, that for them, it's, you know, that they too have people that want clean water and pristine land. Well, then you should want rules to make sure that no one screws that up for you. But of course, for them, you know, the, the shoreland zoning ordinance should be, let us do whatever we want, no matter how harmful it is. And, and Sarah, you, you've seen this as well, the fr everything from the name calling to the self-interested, you know, let us do what we want. Um, you know, Sarah, you've, you've probably seen it all over on the Western edge of the state. Absolutely. Um, you know, in addition to, you know, what I call opposite day, and it just seems like these folks are projecting or confessing, if you will. And, you know, it's upsetting at first until you, until you realize, wait, you're describing you. Um, but for people who are just living their lives and they don't know, you know, it sounds compelling, you know, circling back to what Kirk was saying earlier, what makes these things scary, uh, the Fox News vitriol, the uh, constant flow of bad information is that you convince people that someone is bad enough and you might just get somebody who isn't in a good place and think that they are justified to hurt somebody because you convince them that somebody is evil. And so we're walking down a road that is really dangerous. And, you know, with privilege comes responsibility to quote Spider-Man, my kid's favorite. Um, <laughs> and there's this, this complete idea that I can say whatever I want. I can lead people to hate whoever I want. And I have no responsibility for what happens. And that's just wrong. Uh, you know, we're leading people to become radicals. And, you know, we sit in judgment of extremists in other parts of the country. Well, maybe we should look in the mirror and see what we're doing. We're teaching people to hate their fellow Americans over lies. You know why? Because we're fighting over power. You know, which is why, Kirk, we, we when we criticize this editorial for the way it went after Tom Jarrow, is it Jarrow or Jarrow? Tom Jarrow. Tom Jarrow. Yep. We are in no way saying, you know, that you should um, act violently toward the newspaper, but we are saying that every advertiser and every subscriber should contact that paper and demand they apologize, not for having an opinion. They're allowed to have an opinion on Shoreland zoning, but for crossing a line into bullying, which Kirk is rather rich considering that they're coming after you saying that you're bullying them. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, this, I wasn't even going to bring this up on this, on this thing, but they're suing me. The Lakeland Times, a newspaper, uh, uh, is suing me for using the words crooks and misogynists when I referred to their publisher, Greg Walker. Uh, the funny thing about that is that anytime a news a, a newspaper suing for a, to suppress speech is is hilarious, absurd is absurd on its own. But in order to win, and I, I by the way. I've just got a Harvard Law School lawyer from Washington, D.C., who reached out to me after the last thing I wrote about this. And was like, can I just do this for you? Can I just help you? Because this is the most interesting case I've ever had, a newspaper suing a private citizen uh, for defamation. Because in order to win a defamation lawsuit, uh, uh, truth is a defense. If I say something about a guy, uh, in order for them to get to to win they have to prove that i'm wrong which they have to prove that they're not a misogynist or they're Wait, not you mean a the crook. people the people that just criticize relentlessly a female candidate for a 15 dollar planned parenthood 
contribution is is that what we're talking about this the, that, yeah. that they have to yeah. they have to prove they don't okay all right thanks yeah thanks. so <laughs> let me short circuit that i'm glad you cut me off because i was going to go on my own little rant but uh what the what this leads to i mean the this only goes one way if you take a if you take a direct line on hateful rhetoric from both sides but we're not going to say both side ism because it comes 80 percent from the right uh, if you take hateful rhetoric and you keep on going, you keep on going, and you pit citizens versus citizens, and you and you start calling them reptiles, then then you will dehumanize pe pe the other side in 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 people's minds. Like this guy who called earlier, I was dehumanizing. He's ready to shoot me. So it's going to lead to a war. It's going to lead to violence, and it's going to lead to 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 fighting. It's going to lead to guns. It's going to lead to a. a potentially a civil war. And I don't want to be alarmist by saying that. I hate being alarmist. I'm totally not an alarmist guy, but that's the only way that this goes unless we unless we figure out a way to dial down the rhetoric and to become civil again. And that's not going to happen until the, the people behind the insurrection on January 6th are punished. Because if nothing comes of that, I mean, that was that was put on display on live television that, you know, you can, you can have an armed insurrection against your own government and try to overturn uh, a presidential election. Um, so we're going to, we're going to depend on Sarah to bring this back to a better place that we have. Oh. <laughs> this, this is as close as I'm going to get to both sides ism. And I'm, cause I'm, I'm going to let Sarah do it instead of me. We have met plenty of good people that we can have disagreements with. That's not the issue. You know, the not, it's not the issue that you disagree. It's how you disagree. And, and so for that, I would, I would actually, you know, raise my glass to every Republican neighbor on my street and there's a lot of them that we can still have one of these beverages on Saturday without threatening violence against each other. Here, 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 here. <laughs> you know, it's it it's just so interesting. This idea, um, you know, I think it boils down to holding someone accountable, being perceived as being mean. That you know, so what Kirk and I do with the super pack. Uh, and, you know, we push hard where there's wrongdoing in the name of accountability that gets categorized as mean, which then gets used as, as a justification to be cruel. And when did we as a society start to become just patently enablers uh, where we, you know, we don't have hard conversations. We don't hold anyone accountable because we're going to be nice always and be so positive. Our teeth are going to hurt. Um, but we need to be able to hold people accountable because we care about our society, not because we're mean and we're rooting against somebody, but because their behavior is not okay and harmful. And I think that's sort of the root of the disconnect here. And with that, it's just a matter of standing up to bullies, which means you don't have to sink to their level, but we're done ignoring them. We, and we're done turning the other cheek. We'll be back to wrap up the show right after this. Each week, we want to thank our hosts. After all, you might hear this show as a podcast because you're not in the area of these radio stations. But if you ever are, you should definitely tune in to Devil Radio 92.7 in the Madison area 
or in the Waukesha, Milwaukee area, find us on WAUK 540 AM and the Shaw 101.1 FM. You can use their Devil Radio app to listen to our show on demand anytime. And you can find the video version on the Facebook page of the Minocqua Brewing Company. And you can find my daily work over at upnorthnewswi.com or search upnorthnewswi on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can catch our new Up North News daily update on these fine radio stations at 7.30 weekday mornings, 5.30 in the evenings, and sometimes extra times as well. I, I heard it just now during the show, during one of the commercial breaks, and I, I was especially happy with the lead of today's newscast, which was nobody's ever accused Michael Gableman of being too charming as he managed to sink to a, a new low in insulting the clothing and jewelry of Wisconsin Elections Commissioner Megan Wolf when he was on a, a right-wing Green Bay radio station um, you know, on Tuesday, Kirk, just to, again, get into this notion of you don't even have to be, you don't even have to sink to the level of violence. You can still just somehow sink beneath, you know, your, your, your status as a, as a professional or even your status as a man, you know, or as a human to be a person. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's people that sadly are, are willing to even not be able to cross that bar. So this, in the last segment, you know, I thought about, I, you know, this guy just called in and, you know, said he wanted me to be in front of his shotgun when he shot it because he wanted me to die. So I was like, that's pretty bad. And, and a part of me also thought, you know, it's such a disconnect between one side versus another. The conservatives, the Republicans of the modern Republicans, I'm, I'm not going to say all Republicans, I'm saying the modern Republicans, the ones who are listening to Trump, listening to Hannity, they they want violence. They, they, they have tons of guns. And the disconnect between liberals is like, like hardly any of us has ever, have ever been in a fight before. You know, like among, uh, have any of you ever used your fists to actually like hit anybody before? My money would be on Sarah, if anybody. Um. <laughs> Her, have you ever punched anybody before, Sarah? I, I haven't punched anybody, um, not to get too dark and serious, but I am a, a domestic abuse survivor and I know what it means to defend myself and my newborn. Um, so I did, you know, fight somebody off of us, but no, never a close fist, never punch anyone. The, the, I don't even know where I'd to put my thumb <laughs> without hurting myself. I hear you. And so I have a story too, because I've never even gotten a fight in my life yet, but, but I've, you know, but I've got these thugs that are, you know, saying they're going to like shoot me and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not taking that that lightly, but the funniest story I have uh, is of not getting in a fight, but accused of being in a fight was I was at the boathouse in Manaqua and I was talking uh, to, to, to a bunch of people and we started talking about how much uh, uh, professors get paid. And then all of a sudden this drunk guy from the back room is like, professors are liberal communists. You know, and I was like, my older, my little sister's a professor at UWSP. You know, I was like, you know, my little sister gets paid the equivalent of a Starbucks worker for how many hours she works and gets and her yearly salary. And she yet she's got like eight years of schooling to get a PhD. And he's like, bah, 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 bah. and so anyways, at some point I cause he was drunk. And at some point I just stood up and I was like, you know, you're ripping on my little sister. It's enough, like stop. But when I stood up and this guy was like 60 years old, when I stood up, he thought I was standing up to actually like physically do something to him. 
And so he took a swing at me and he missed. And he missed so much because he was drunk that he landed on the ground. So now all of a sudden the whole restaurant comes and hovers around us. And I'm a 40 year old man hovering over a 60 year old man who just swung and missed. And they thought I just laid him out on the ground. So, <laughs> so, so the entire kitchen staff comes out of the restaurant and, and like carries me out of the restaurant and tosses me because they're like, how could you, you jerk? You just beat up an old man. Nice. Oh my God, this is crazy. All right, so, so there you go, folks. Kirk Bankstead, one and oh, without even throwing a punch. Um, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Thanks to our guests, Tony Rio and Kathleen Cooper. Thank you for joining us at the cabin. Come on back up north and meet with the champ again next week. Watch this, baby.